Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from The Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Comments from Brooke McLaughlin of Million Praying Moms are coming up with encouragement to pray in accordance with God's Word for His peace. Also, you'll be hearing from former Planned Parenthood Director Abby Johnson of And Then There Were None and Prolove Ministries, sharing her response to the decision by the Food and Drug Administration to try to broaden the distribution of the abortion pill. And on this edition of The Intersection, Eric Stackelbeck, news correspondent for Trinity Broadcasting Network and host of the Watchman program, joined me recently on The Meeting House to discuss a new special that he hosted, providing a look ahead to 2023 from a Christian worldview perspective. Finally, Robbie and Mia Graham started a restaurant in Florida a few years ago devoted to not only providing healthy physical food, but to promote healing of the soul through God's love and power. Their story is told in a recent film release. You'll be finding out more about their story ahead. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. The founder of Million Praying Moms, Brooke McLaughlin, joined me recently on the Meeting House program and discussed principles that she includes in her book entitled Everyday Prayers for Peace, a 30-day devotional and reflective journal for women. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Brooke McLaughlin. You know, one of the most profound things that God has taught me, there's two, but one of the most profound is that peace is not a feeling. Um, we learned this. We, we came across this early on. Peace is not a feeling. It's a fruit. Galatians 5 tells us that the believer in Jesus gets um, at least a seed of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control planted in them when they come to Christ. And so the, the, the positive, the, the hopeful thing uh, for me, when I begin to think of peace that way, is A, I already have it because of Jesus. Mm. I might not feel it, but it's there. And if it is a fruit, if it's living in me right now, if it's already there, then it can be grown as well. In other words, I can have more of it. The, the fruit of peace can grow and bloom and blossom in my life, just like we would if we were caring for a plant. We can love it. We can give it attention. We can allow God to prune and nurture things that maybe would take away from our peace. Uh, but they can grow. Peace can grow, and it can become stronger in our hearts. And I mentioned that this gives me hope. Hope is not necessarily listed in the Scripture specifically as a fruit of the Spirit, but knowing this as a child of God, that I can have peace and that I can have it in growing measure as I begin to learn what God's Word says peace is, as opposed to what the world says peace is, hmm. that fills me with hope. Well, a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to call attention to. One was that peace is not a feeling, peace is a fruit. And also, mm-hmm. by virtue of Christ resident in our hearts, he said, if if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall bear much fruit. So we have that capacity to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you were to explain to someone about the the fruit of peace, God's peace, mm-hmm. and how that contrasts with what the world would say that peace is, what would you say? What does, or, or how does God's peace work, if you will? 
Yeah. Well, the world tells us that peace comes from good and right and easy circumstances. Mm. Or if you're an introvert like me, you might equate peace with just quiet, right? Like it's quiet in the house. I've learned about myself over the years that as an introvert, um, quiet is not necessarily a want. It's a need for me at times. And so before I really learned what biblical peace was, I equated it with those things, easy, good circumstances and quiet. Um, When everything is going our way, in other words, we feel at peace. And that's why people so often think of peace as a feeling. But Jesus said in this world, we will have trouble. Like he said, the complete opposite of what we, of what the world says peace should be. And so for the believer, it isn't realistic to think that circumstances will always go our way. Um, And so we know from John 16, 33, that our peace is found in Jesus. In fact, Ephesians 2.14 says that Jesus is our peace. He himself is our peace. Not only did he give us peace between us and God, but he is, he is where we find our peace, not in our circumstances. And the main difference that I, that I see between worldly peace and biblical peace is that worldly peace can be taken away, but biblical peace can never be taken away. No matter what happens in our lives, regardless of whether our circumstances ever change, ever get better, we can have peace in our relationship with Jesus. We don't have to wait until our circumstances look a certain way or feel a certain way. We can run to Jesus as our peace, as the source of our peace, right this moment. Brooke McLaughlin here on The Intersection. You can learn more at MillionPrayingMoms.com. Next up on this edition of The Intersection, it's former Planned Parenthood Clinic Director Abby Johnson, the founder and CEO of And Then There Were None and founder of Pro-Love Ministries. In our conversation, she shared her pro-life analysis and commentary on the decision by the Food and Drug Administration to broaden the availability of chemical abortions, expanding distribution of the abortion pill. From that conversation, here now is Abby Johnson. When I was actually at uh, Planned Parenthood, this was probably back in 2006, 2007, um, they had formulated a plan to expand their telemedicine abortion program. And that was to skirt around the laws that had been put in place in various states um, that required a physician to be face-to-face, in-person with a patient um, in order to administer these medication abortion pills. Um, Seems seems pretty common sense that a physician would want to be face-to-face with a patient in order to administer um, an abortion. But Planned Parenthood, it was basically cutting into their, their bottom line. It was cutting into their profit margin. And so they had come up with this little scheme um, where they would have a doctor in a, a larger city, and they would have a cash drawer and a webcam in a smaller city, in a maybe a rural community. And so via the webcam, the doctor would talk to the patient And when the patient said they were ready to take the pill, the doctor would push a button on a keyboard and the cash register in the rural city would pop open. And that was how they were getting around these. They were finding Mm. loopholes in these state laws to say that, you know, the patients were actually 
getting the pill directly from the doctor, okay? So that was happening around 2007. Then um, states started, you know, becoming privy to what was going on. They started banning those types of procedures, um, that sort of administration of the medication abortion pill. Um, Then the FDA started loosening the limits once again from, you know, nine weeks to 10 weeks and then 10 weeks now to 12 weeks. And what we are seeing happening is just once again, loosening the restrictions of medication abortion. Um, So now um, with the banning of abortion in many states, the very partisan FDA, which is driven by the Biden administration, has now told women and has basically greenlit uh, pharmacies to dispense medication abortion into the hands of women with a simple prescription that they can get online for maybe $10, Um, They just go online, they ask for a prescription, they can get these prescriptions from over 70 different online abortion providers, Mm. abortion pill providers, and they get this this prescription for minimal, minimal cost. They go into any pharmacy across the country, could be CVS, could be Walgreens, could be Walmart. They hand this prescription to a pharmacist. The pharmacist hands them these medication abortion pills. They go home and essentially makes any woman's home an abortion clinic. It's incredibly dangerous. These pills are dangerous drugs. The woman is never under the care of a physician. She has no idea how far along she is in her pregnancy because, of course, it does not require her to have an ultrasound. She does not know if the pregnancy is in her uterus or if she possibly has an ectopic pregnancy. She could take these pills, and these pills could actually cause her fallopian tube to rupture if she has an ectopic pregnancy, which could cause her death. Um, This is extremely dangerous. Um, I mean, it's, you know, of course, Planned Parenthood is heralding the decision as a win, and it just shows that their priority has never been about women. It's never been about women's health care. We are going to see many women die from this. and um, But yet they're calling it progress for women. Abby Johnson here on The Intersection. Her website address is abbyj.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on The Intersection Podcast and The Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed. Also, you can watch video of Meeting House guests through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. A link is provided through the Meeting House homepage. Plus, there are links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. 
Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. The intersection continues now with Eric Stackelbeck, news correspondent for Trinity Broadcasting Network and host of the Watchman program. In our recent conversation, he shared information about a special program called State of the Nation, a TBN town hall offering a panel discussion and audience participation regarding issues confronting the nation and biblical solutions. From that recent conversation, this is Eric Stackelbeck now. Yeah, I can tell you two topics, Bob, that our audience really responded to um, uh, during the town hall that people showed a real interest in and concern about. Uh, Number one, growing crime and lawlessness, and at its root, that's a biblical issue. That's a spiritual issue. We're seeing not only in big cities across the United States, like New York City, Chicago, L.A., a massive spike in crime, including violent crime, but it's happening also in smaller cities, smaller towns, rural areas. This is a nationwide crisis, this spike in crime and lawlessness. And our guest made the point that there's a general lack of respect for authority now. Uh, and, and in the Bible, authority is revered. You're to respect authority, uh, obey the laws. And we're seeing a rejection of that more and more, especially among our younger generations. And in a sense, it's a failure in parenting is one of the points hmm. our panelists made, that the, the torch is not being passed, so to speak, that young people are not being instilled with biblical Judeo-Christian values in the way they once were, once were. So that goes hand in hand with a lack of respect and a lack of authority. So that was one major issue that really is concerning people, the safety issue. And secondly, and this is kind of a twofold thing, cancel culture and, and people who are followers of Jesus, people with biblical traditional beliefs, feeling more and more like they're being targeted, marginalized, ridiculed, and canceled. It's not just ridicule. It's open hostility, and again, cancellation. We talk about cancel culture. We talk about the Twitter mob. This was on full display, Bob, during the Roe v. Wade uh, situation back in the summer of 2022, where people who were pro-life were really targeted viciously uh, on social media, and that continues to be a growing strain of thinking uh, on the radical left, where Christians are being attacked more and more, and people were concerned about that at the town hall for sure, especially our audience, which is a broad cross-section of people. That was a common, a common refrain for sure. So when we see crime and lawlessness, when we see the vicious attacks on Christians, when we recognize the hostility toward God and the things of God, we have a challenge before us. As believers, we can, well, I think the the phrase that's used in the scripture, we can turn back or we can follow Christ and respond in a biblical manner in his strength and his love. So as we look at some of these things that you just outlined for us, Eric, as we see a a world, and I use the word chaos quite quite frequently, Mm -hmm. we see disorder, we see lawlessness in our world today. So as believers in Christ, what was the, the general consensus of the panel in the town hall? And as you as you boil it all down, what direction yeah. do you believe that Christians that, that, should be taking? It, it, two things, Bob. Number one, 
you hit the nail on the head. That was a theme on the panel, among the audience. Things are certainly going in the wrong direction. <laughs> and the main reason they're going in the wrong direction is because of a serious turning away from God. One of our panelists made the point that Generation Z, this younger generation, roughly under the age of 25, is maybe the uh, has less faith than any generation in American history. Poll after poll shows this, that younger generations in the United States are increasingly secular uh, and have no faith. The number of so-called nuns, people who have no faith, is exploding. That Generation Z is also very open to socialism. So there's a lot of issues going on with our younger generations, and that's part of the decline and part of the trend in the wrong direction in the United States right now. And part of, of course, Christians, again, being targeted and marginalized. But the good news is, as you mentioned, Bob, Jesus never said, until I return, you just sit there and wait for me on the couch. That's not (laughs) how it works. We're called to be salt and light, to be proactive and to lead. And that was the point our panelists made again and again. We cannot just sit in silence on the sidelines and watch everything unravel around us. That's not what we're called to be. That's not what we're called to do by the Lord. We have to step up again, be bold, be respectful, but be bold in our beliefs and stand for the values we hold dear, biblical values, stand for the truth. Eric Steckel back here on The Intersection. You can learn more at tbn.org or thewatchmantv.com. This is the Intersection Podcast, and I had the opportunity recently to catch up with Robbie and Mia Graham. They started a restaurant a few years ago in Florida that is devoted to not only providing healthy physical food, but to promote healing of the soul through God's love and power. Their story is told in a recent film release entitled Revelations Cafe, Food for the Soul. Here now from that recent Meeting House conversation are Robbie and Mia Graham. I love to share this aspect of our story because I wasn't pursuing God for my plan of a restaurant. I was pursuing God in another avenue of my life. And when I had this knowing, this revelation of this cafe, I knew the name, I knew the color, I knew the purpose, I knew the menu. Uh, But I didn't think it was for me. I I thought it was going to be for one of my clients. As a life coach, as a certified life coach, I was pursuing God in the direction of that business. And so my intention was, you know, on this coaching business when this cafe revelation came. So I thought it was going to be for one of my clients. I mentioned it to my life coach. And she asked me the million dollar question, what makes you think this is not for you? (laughs) And I, I literally was like, what? Okay, well, I can see how it could be for me, but like I'm I'm gonna be a life coach. I'm I'm not gonna be a restaurant owner. And I really started to pursue God um in the confirmation, whether it was for me or if I was or for what. And uh, the confirmations just kept coming. And um so here I am uh in a restaurant <laughs> without my coach. Well, you know, the coaching business is just part of what God was doing to prepare us for the business that he was going to place us in. Well, and Robbie, you were just sharing that for a period of time you were homeless. You were actually being served at the Salvation Army. That's where you were dining, if you will. Now you and Mia are serving others in this very unique restaurant concept. So tell me about the specific 
facts as far as what went into this concept of the restaurant and how that developed? Well, the, the specifics are, are pretty much what Mia said. When she got this revelation from the Lord, first thing she did is come to me. And I, of course, said, no, I'm, I'm not the least bit interested. I was in the seafood <laughs> business. And um, so I was, you know, basically telling Mia what the, what I was going to do. I was telling her that I was going to pursue this, you know, avenue with seafood. I was going to be a fisher of men in both, you know, not only getting mm-hmm. clients to buy seafood, but to, to bring others to Christ. And so, you know, we always joke and say, how do you make God laugh? You tell him your plans. Mm-hmm. So the next morning I woke up, I read the uh, devotion that morning that Mia bought me for Christmas. And it was, I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, Robbie, do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says, well, then feed my sheep. And at that moment, I knew he met literally and spiritually with this cafe. So naturally I came out of the secret place crying and told me I would be on board with it. And what's really cool about this particular cafe is that we have a prayer wall. We have a prayer room. Uh, we have scriptures on the wall. We don't hide our light under a bowl. But one of the things that we do at Mia said is this this building was created, this business was created for uh, deliverance and healing, for people to step into an atmosphere where they could be delivered and healed. And we pray for our customers. We um, we feel that, you know, this is a divinely inspired atmosphere. So that was the purpose. And that's why we're there. When God gave me the menu, I knew it was plant-based vegetarian. And uh, so... Um, that was, I never questioned why, and only God knew fast forward all these years later that the plant-based industry was going to be what it is today, which I think we can all agree. There are more plant-based options everywhere you go. And it used to be where tofu was one, a black bean burger, and, you know, maybe a couple of other (laughs) plant-based items, but nothing that would make anyone say, Hey, I want to live this lifestyle. And there really wasn't Um, you know, the research at that time to show the benefits of a plant-based diet. And so, uh, well, there was when God gave me the vision, but it hadn't become as big as it is now. And so I I never questioned what the menu was going to be. I knew that it was going to be that the food was the catalyst that God was using. You know, God will use whatever uh, avenue he chooses to reveal himself. And so I knew um, that the food was just a small, very small portion. And as much as our diet and exercise is important, our soul is equally, if not more important. And so um, that's why it's about the mind, the body and the soul, the spirit and, and teaching people how to live and honor the three-part being because yeah. it matters mm-hmm. to God. Yes. Robbie and Mia Graham here on the intersection. You can learn more by going to the website, revelationscafefilm.com. We are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcasts feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. There's a link provided from that homepage. Plus, there are two blogs that are linked to the Meeting House homepage. One is The Three, with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room, with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. 
I'm Bob Crittenden.